This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. His first goal of the season, Tampa Bay leading the Penguins 4-2 in the second period. Also in the second frame, 3-1 for the Panthers on top of the Blues. It is 1-0 Dallas, Nashville nothing, or sorry, 1-0 for Dallas over Nashville. That's after one. Late in the first period, still no goals between the Wild and the Blackhawks. Still to come tonight, the Jets visit the Canucks. The Red Wings play the Coyotes, and the Sabres take on the Sharks. Sabres and Sharks both winless on the season. Western Hockey League, Oil Kings just getting underway in Moose Jaw, trying to bounce back from a loss last night in Brandon. Cubs and Nationals now 4-1 for the Nationals after two. The Nats scoring four in the bottom of the second. That is game five. Winner moves on to play the Dodgers. And Thursday night football, end of the first quarter. It is 3-3 between Philadelphia and Carolina. Actually a pretty good matchup there. Both teams coming in at 4-1. My name is Reed Wilkins. This is Inside Sports on 630. Ched, thank you so much for coming along for the ride tonight. Next half hour of the show, uh, Jimmy Ralph is going to come on the show. If uh, if you follow sports in this province, he is part of that legendary athletic family, the Ralphs from Raymond. Uh, his older brother played for the Edmonton Eskimos. Jimmy went to the U of A, took a year away from football, and is now a receiver with the Toronto Argos. So he's coming to the brick field at Commonwealth Stadium on Saturday. James Wilder, though, for the Argos, an outstanding season so far at running back, not expected to play, so that means Brandon Whitaker is going to pop back in. The Eskimos have not been great against the run, so maybe that'll favor them a little bit with that matchup. Okay, calling the plays for the Eskimos, offensive coordinator Carson Walsh. Carson, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing? Great, thanks for having me. Yeah, good to talk to you. I appreciate you taking the time to do this because I know there's a, a lot of busy prep here going on for uh, for Toronto on Saturday night. But this is this has been your routine for a long time. I mean, basically, didn't you kind of finish uh, university and, and 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 jumped right into coaching? Yes, I did. I uh, did my graduate assistant at my alma mater, Winona State, and uh, did two years there as a a GA and then uh, got out into the real world and worked a bunch of small college ball and eventually led me up to the CFL, NFL, college football and back to uh, the CFL here in Edmonton. Now, did you know early in your life, like maybe even as a, as a teenager or when you were going to university that, yeah, I, I want to be a coach? When did that sound like something that you wanted to have as your job? Well, my older brother uh, was 
uh, a coach two years prior to me played college football with him his name is Travis he's now a college coach and he did kind of the same process I followed in his footsteps and I you know kept him close to the game I could tell how much passion he had for it so I thought I'd try it out and you know then it pretty much turned into a, a disease and you think about it day and night and helping young men you know develop and all the things that come along with it you know it's a hobby you get paid for your hobby you understand it's a job but uh, you wake up every day and feel like you can make a difference and uh, I do remember back in you know fifth sixth grade when we we're playing out in the schoolyard ball I, I do remember drawing up plays on note cards prior to going out to lunchtime you know rec period and you know trying to get the guys together to run plays so maybe it was something I just didn't know uh, but eventually it happened that's great because I, I think for a lot of schoolyard football games, the play call is probably get open, but you were already thinking a little more complex than that, eh? <laughs> well, yeah, I didn't know what I was doing whatsoever. But, so, uh, you none know. of those plays are in the Eskimos playbook then. <laughs> they no, got no, left no. behind. I don't, I don't know. Less guys on the field, too, back there right. in the States. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Um, Carson, you, you, I mean, you mentioned your kind of your journey and, and the different stops you had, and uh, the guy on the opposing sideline for Toronto, Mark Tressman. Can you tell Eskimos fans the impact he's had on your career because he's been pretty important, hasn't he? Absolutely. You know, there's every coach you work for, uh, head coach, assistant coach, guys you work along. You usually you're going to learn a lot of things from them and. Most of the times there's good things. Sometimes there's things where you say, hey, you know, I, I appreciate the way they do it, but, I, you know, I don't find myself wanting to do it that way. Um, I got a call from Mark back in 2010 and asked me if I wanted to join his staff as a guest coach uh, up in Montreal, just a two-week stint, and it turned into a job. And, um, you know, I'm very blessed and thankful for that opportunity because it completely opened my eyes to how you run a football program, how you treat people, uh, how you put together a game plan, uh, what hard work is. Um, I could go on and on and on the things that uh, I learned from, you know, Mark Trussman, and uh, he's done more than anyone, you know, for me up to this point in my career. And uh, he knows that, but he's a very humble guy. And uh, he'll never take the credit, but uh, he's well aware. You know, I, I I don't really have a lot of experience with Mark, but I a few years ago, uh, I covered a uh, Coach of the Year dinner here in Edmonton, and at that time there were rumors about him going to the NFL. I think it was actually to Buffalo. He didn't. He obviously didn't wind up going there, and he was asked about it in the media scrum he did after, and and his aunt, he was so calm. He just kind of looked at us and, and said. Sorry, guys, I have a personal policy not to discuss rumors. And, and I mean, he just was so calm, yet yet got the message across. And it, it, just in that moment, it struck me, hmm, that's probably why he's a good coach, because he can deliver something like that, and, and you know, he just convinces you that that's the way things have to be. Does, uh, that story probably, you know, makes perfect sense to you, given that you know him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the thing that, you know, you see Mark on the sidelines, you can tell, He's very collected. He's very calculated uh, how he goes about his business. Uh, you don't see Mark Trussman on the sideline chewing out players. And I'm not saying what's right or wrong in this business. There's a lot of people do it different ways, but he treats people the right way. You know, he gives them respect. And 
that's something that I really appreciate about how he handles his football teams. Um, it's fine to have fun. It's fine to enjoy the moment, but uh, they all understand uh, you know, what's at hand when he puts a game plan together, when he's in front of the team, and uh, he deserves the respect, uh, obviously, that he gets, and he gives it back, and he gives it back plenty more. He's done a lot of things for people you know, that people don't know about, but he just... Uh, He's just a very good, genuine person. Carson Waltz joining us on Inside Sports, offensive coordinator for your Edmonton Eskimos, Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. Saturday, they're going to take on the Toronto Argos in another big game as the Eskimos try to nail down a playoff spot. Brandon Zilstra, 201 yards receiving in three quarters in your game on Monday. Uh, he didn't get to add to that in the fourth as, as you guys put it away. So l- let me ask you it this way, Carson. He's he's so wide open sometimes. Is that your uh, play calling, or is that just him knowing exactly where to go at the right time? Oh, it's, it's not my play calling. You know, everything we do in this building, we do it together. It starts with Coach Moss, all the offensive assistants. So this game's done by everyone. Um, you know, a lot of the teams we're playing now are playing zone defenses. No one's playing us in man coverage. You know, they're, it's shell zone defense. People are deep. So you have to find creative ways you know, to get people open. You know, you just can't run up and, you know, run a stop route or run a hook route because they're going to have people pushing underneath. So some of the plays you saw this last week were uh, just schemes that are put together hoping to get certain defenses, and we happen to get those defenses we're looking for. But that's football. I mean, you can have a perfect play drawn up, but if the guys up front don't protect it correctly, you know, it doesn't work. Or if they play a different defense, you got to reset and you got to get the ball to someone else. It just so happened that uh, Brandon did his job. Everyone else did their job as well. And we had a quarterback that could uh, find him and, and make the play happen. But uh, Brandon deserves everything that uh, has happened to him. Uh, he's he's a true joy to work for. He's very detailed. He's a pro. Uh, he comes to work every day. And uh, he's all business when he gets here. You guys have had some tough games running the ball, some good games running the ball, but some tough games as well. C.J. Gable's a new addition, went over 100 yards on Monday and did a really good job in the fourth quarter when you guys were, were cementing it. Can you tell fans how, if at all, he changes what you can do with the running back position? Well, you know, we've known C.J. for a week now. You know, personally. And uh, before that, it's just all watching CJ on film. And, you know, he was in a position in Hamilton where, uh, you know, Hamilton liked to throw the ball a little bit more. And uh, at times he would have some breakout weeks. You know, we're a team that would love to, at the end of the day, finish the day like we did in Montreal, where you have a 100 yard rusher and you throw it for 300 yards. But uh, the nature of the business is this there's teams that are going to. Uh, do everything in their power to stop the run. And there's going to be weeks where you got to throw it. And then there's going to be weeks that are completely opposite, where teams are going to say, hey, we're not going to let you throw it to your big boys down the field, and you're going to have to run it. So it, it's a hard balance. It really is in this league. There's a lot of good coaches, a lot of good players. So you just feel out the game, and the game really dictates, and the, di- the defenses dictate to whether you're running it a little bit more, whether you're throwing a little bit more. But uh, he's been he's been great in the meeting rooms. You know, he, he came in here, he had three days to learn our offense and get ready to play a professional football game, and that's hard to do. And uh, a lot of credit to him and his coach, uh, Coach Princeton. 
Right on. Well, look forward to seeing him again for sure, and hopefully you guys can keep scoring points here the rest of the way. Carson, I know you're busy. Thanks for sharing some of your experiences and what's going on currently with the team. Really appreciate your time. All the best. Thanks for having me. Have a good day, guys. All right, that's Carson Walsh, Eskimos offensive coordinator, checking in. And interesting what he said about Brandon Zilstra and teams playing a lot of zone. And I think that is happening because man-on-man can lead to more pass interference calls. And that's been called a lot. Teams can challenge for pass interference. And I think that's changed the way... Uh, how te- changed how teams defend and how they aggressive they are with their coverage. Zilster has been a master at taking advantage of it. It is 7:17. It's Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 6:30. Chad, we're coming right back. This is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 6:30. Chad. Six minutes into the Oil Kings game in Moose Jaw. No score there. Oil Kings lost 5-2 in Brandon last night. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio, 6.30 Chet. You ever miss anything on the show, don't forget to go to the Inside Sports page on 630Chet.com. And on iTunes, you can subscribe to the 6.30 or to the uh, Inside Sports podcast. And as part of that, you get overtime open line. The show Rob Brown and I do after every Oilers game, and we will have one of those Saturday night after the Oilers play the Ottawa Senators, a back-to-back for the Senators who are playing in Calgary tomorrow night. You can always reach me, 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. We have the off-topic topic, worst prize you've ever won. This texter says, I was at a golf tournament and won the longest drive and received a used curling trophy. It was low budget, and they shopped at Value Village. A used curling trophy. And longest drive. That's one of the prestigious ones at a a golf tournament. My goodness. I'd hate to see what one of the gag holes prize was. (laughs) This is a good one. Wow, this, this is an incredible one. About 40 years ago... This is amazing. About 40 years ago, I won a yo-yo from Ched when the grand prize was a 50cc motorbike. <laughs> That's uh... So I asked the texter, did Bob Layton present the yo-yo? And the texter says, I actually didn't pick it up. I was so angry. <laughs> that yo-yo is probably still around here. Well, I think Ched was in a different building 40 years ago. It, it, it could have made the move. It made the move. I'll go, I'll go check the warehouse yeah, here. let's go check. We actually do have a warehouse here. It's quite exotic. Uh, Kyle Morris is in the 630 Ched News Department tonight. Kyle, you were saying uh, you had a underwhelming gift or a prize once? Yeah, I don't know if I can top the uh, yo-yo there, but I was at a hockey tournament in Fort St. John. I was, I don't know, 12 years old or something, and I won the door prize, or a door prize anyways. So I go up to uh, claim my prize, there weren't any prizes left, I don't think. So someone, woman just reached into her grab and pulled out this purple pen and it had a rainbow afro. So that was pretty underwhelming, I'm not going to lie. Uh, was it like one of those little trolls with the crazy hair or was just it was just hair on a pen? Yeah, like imagine a troll with that kind of hair. Yeah, exactly. Oh, interesting. Do you still have the pen? No, uh, about two days later, I took some scissors to it, gave it a haircut. <laughs> That's incredible. Thanks, Kyle. Thanks, Reed. <laughs> uh, well, we've learned a lot about poor prizes tonight. 
which is kind of interesting. 7.24 is the time of day. The Oilers practicing today. Again, if you missed me talking about it earlier, no Leon Dreisaitl at practice. Again, still dealing uh, with a bit of an eye problem from taking a stick or a puck on Monday against the Winnipeg Jets. So I guess we just wait and see whether he will be able to play Saturday against the Ottawa Senators. Uh, it sounded hopeful yesterday that he would be. Today, maybe not so much, but uh, we'll be at practice tomorrow at 11 and see what's going on there. Darnell Nurse has actually been looking pretty good. Uh, we want to talk about some positives as well. We featured Nuge earlier in the show. Here's Todd McClellan on Nurse. Well, his his ability to transfer, transport the puck through the neutral zone has been, uh, uh, been fairly good. I'd like to see more come off of it. Uh, he's defended fairly well, and, and quite frankly, he's graduating up because somebody's graduating down. What do you see in OV? What do you see in OV to as a player? Uh, I see a guy that moves well with the puck, and uh, a guy that uh, has a little spring in his stride. He can skate pucks out of trouble, uh, working on the defensive part of his game and uh, you know, can be a factor if he can get his legs going. All right, so a little bit on Ovitu there as well. So he talks about Nurse graduating up because one guy moving down a little bit, Benning uh, moving down. I mean, on Saturday, we could see Clefbaum with Larson, Nurse with Russell. So Russell would go back to the right side and Ovitu coming into the lineup with Griba. That was how it was looking most of the time today as they went through some drills. But uh, again, they're still going to skate twice before the game against Ottawa Saturday night. Now 10-3, Carolina leading Philadelphia. Thursday night football, they're midway through the second quarter. 4-3, Nationals leading the Cubs, bottom of the third. Decisive game five in Washington in the National League Division Series. A lot of scoring in that one early on. Going to be fun in the next half hour of the show. We're going to catch up with Jimmy Ralph, former U of A Golden Bear receiver. Comes from that incredible Ralph athletic family from Raymond, Alberta. And uh, took a year off football, didn't know what was ahead, and then he was able to latch on with the Toronto Argos. So sort of a homecoming for him, for the former Golden Bear, for the game on Saturday. This texter says, on a radio contest a few years ago, I had to choose between a a Wham record and a Billy Ocean record. Wow. Wake me up before you go, go, lover boy. I wanna be your lover, lover. Mm, wanna be your lover, lover, lover boy. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. Well, there's the little Billy Ocean, and the texter, I, I texted the, the uh, listener back and said, what, what did you pick? Texter says, what a horrible conundrum, but I picked Billy Ocean while holding my nose. Not sure I ever listened to it. That's okay. Now you've heard some Billy Ocean. Lover boy, classic. Is that, is that the video? I remember this when I was a kid. Is that the video where it's sort of like the cantina at Star Wars? Yeah. It's, He's it's, in the desert and he rides into this cave bar and there's creatures there. Yeah, very Star Wars yeah. themed. Low budget too, you can tell, because they've got dryer hosts to simulate robot-like things. So, <laughs> so I, I, for some reason, I, that's something I remember from my childhood. Yes. Billy Ocean, you have helped me become the man who I am. <laughs> you should get Billy Ocean on the show. What's stopping us? I'll make some calls. Well, yeah, we have no idea how to get a hold Billy of them. Billy Ocean, Mr. T, keep the list Dominique growing. Wilkins, got to keep working. Yeah. Uh, in all seriousness, though, NHL tonight, 
Second period, no score, Chicago and Minnesota. 2-1, Predators leading the Stars. After two, Florida up 3-1 on the Blues. The Lightning with a 5-3 edge on the Penguins after two. Slater Cuckoo has two goals. Stamkos has his first of the year. Wasn't that Stamkos' first goal since, like, November? Because he was out uh, most of last year. Still to come, Jets and Canucks, Red Wings and Coyotes. Buffalo visits San Jose. Western Hockey League in the first period. Moose Jaw up 1-0 on the Edmonton Oil Kings. That game in Moose Jaw. Cubs and Nationals, 4-3 for Washington in the top of the fourth. The decisive fifth game. Thursday night football. Two 4-1 teams going at it. It is 10-3 Carolina leading Philadelphia. Five minutes left in the first half, but Philadelphia is inside the uh, Carolina five-yard line. We'll see what they get out of that. Oilers and Senators, 8 p.m. Saturday. Eskimos and Argos, 5 p.m. Saturday. Former U of A Golden Bear Jimmy Ralph coming back to town as a member of the Argos. Jimmy, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Doing very well. Great to have you on the show. You're uh, an Alberta boy from southern Alberta, but you went to the U of A. Do you feel a little bit like you're coming home on Saturday, or how does this one feel? Yeah, definitely. It definitely feels like home. I'm familiar with Edmonton. Spent a couple of years there growing up, watching my brother play for the Eskimos, and then obviously spent a few years playing at the U of A Golden Bears. So Edmonton's familiar stomping ground. So, yeah, I'm excited to go back home and play in front of family and friends and and try, and, and try and get a big win for us uh, here in Toronto. So, All right. Now, you, you got the Ralph last name, well-known athletic family from Raymond, which has been a you know an amazing story, a small town that has produced a lot of great teams and athletes. Uh, what, what was it like growing up you know, with that name and then going on to play university sports and all that? Did you kind of get a little extra uh, scrutiny along the way, or how did it work? Oh, it was, yeah, I was obviously young when my brothers were pursuing their professional careers. I was um, middle school type age, and so I followed them a lot. And I mean, they set a good path for me. They had great careers, and I followed them and look up to them. And, and I mean, they kind of paved a path for me. But yeah, I mean, now I'm here and I got my opportunity, so I'm trying to write my own story. But again, my brothers, they they they've had success. It leads up to my father as well, and my mother. They they participated in athletics as well, and. I mean, we've had some success, but we worked hard as well. And so, yeah, I mean, growing up a Ralph, I mean, it was it was no different other than my brothers kind of set a standard for me, and uh, I just kind of tried to to go with it and give it my all. So, so I have my opportunity you, now. So you see, so you have two sisters and three brothers. Yeah, three Who, brothers, two sisters. Who's who's the best athlete in the family? Dare I ask? <laughs> <laughs> it's actually funny. I talked to my dad on the phone about two three weeks ago, and I said, if, if I. If I had a dollar for every time I was asked that question, geez, I'd be making more than I'm making now. So I've been asked that plenty of times. And well, my family, we've played a variety of sports. And I think that's a big reason why we've had success is because we never really focused on one. We kind of played it all. And then eventually after that one, my brothers, you know, they committed to just football. I mean, it kind of took off from the talents and all these other sports and piled it together. So, yeah. Yeah. What, what about for you? Baseball was a was was that a big sport for you as well, or what was the maybe number yeah. two to football or competing with football? Well, baseball was probably I, yeah. I, I played for the national team in baseball, Canadian Junior National Team, when I was 16, 17, 18 years old. So I did a lot of time with that. But again, my brother Brock and Brett, who who played as well, they actually were drafted into the into the MLB. They didn't ever they didn't ever go with it. But but yeah, baseball was big. Um, baseball, basketball was probably the one I enjoyed the most, but. But baseball was the second, 
probably to football, but I kind of always knew football was the sport was where my love was kind of after high school. Okay, Jimmy Ralph joining us, Toronto Argos receiver. They're coming to Edmonton to play the Eskimos on Saturday. You went uh, NCAA, and then you wound up coming to the uh, to the U of A. How come that was the right move for you at the time? Well, I, um, I went down to Weber State, and things were looking good for me. I felt like going into the season that I ended up at U of A, I was when I was still um, sticking with Weber State at the time, my coaching staff got fired, and I just kind of felt like, it was a sign for me to, you know, go back and focus on my degree, get a good degree here up in Canada, um, play for Coach Morris, who's who I think highly of. And it just kind of, my brother was already in Edmonton. It just felt like a good fit, and it kind of felt like I was trying to force the American the American route. But I found out that, you know, you can you can do it up here north of the border and, and still get your opportunity because I always had the goal to, you know, play play football professionally. And so... That's kind of why I wanted to do that American route to give me a better chance, but I, I stuck with going to U of A, and it worked out. So here I am. All right. Now, was it, it, it twenty? Is, is it true you didn't play all of twenty sixteen? So last year you were injured. No, I didn't. So that last must year, have... no, I wasn't injured. I was out. I was just, I was was done football. I was trying to figure out some things in my personal life and and that kind of thing. And so I stepped away from football. I focused on my degree, and I didn't know if I was ever going to come back to football at that time. I just needed to take time for myself. I knew it was a risk and that kind of thing. And then I guess February of this year was kind of when I dived all in and said, I'm going to make a run at this, not knowing what was going to happen, but I was all in at that point. So it's kind of a little bit of a different story, a different route for getting here, but wow, yeah, okay, unique. Well, that, that, I mean, that's quite a major development over, over the last yeah. year. I mean, where were you? So you were ready to, to, to walk away from the game. It's like, you know, so be it. If that's what the was in the cards, eh? Yeah. I was just kind of, yeah. Just kind of seeing what was, what was best for me. I was married young and that kind of thing. So I faced some issues there. And so I was just kind of trying to do what was best for me long-term and took me some time to figure that out. And I had to step away from football to make sure I made that right decision, knowing that there might be a consequence with that either way. But uh, it's hard to get into it right now over the phone, but obviously it was, it was a risk I took, and it all worked out. So it's crazy how things all work out. But So were you surprised when the Argos got in touch with you? Yeah, I was. I was actually more surprised the fact that I went undrafted, and I knew that not playing the year before um, was definitely going to affect, affect where I maybe went in the draft, but I still, going through the combine and training and stuff, I still felt like I was one of the top players in the draft, but obviously I'm not the one making the decision, so kind of slipped in and, and went undrafted, and as soon as the draft was over, Jim Pop, uh, general manager here, gave me a call, and they protected my rights, so I drafted, I was signed as a free agent, but I technically wasn't a free agent, because they had my rights, so it was either Toronto or Nor, and I mean, once, once Toronto picked me, it was it was the place I wanted to be, and it was a good fit for me, because Coach Stressman and the coaching staff there, and the players, it's just, I'm in a good situation, I'm surrounded by a bunch of veteran leaders and a coaching staff that you know has the credentials as well so yeah worked jimmy out ralph. jimmy ralph joining us on inside sports receiver for the toronto argos former u of a golden bear is it i i read i read something about this maybe you can flesh it out or tell the story were you a were you a ricky ray fan when you were younger and he was an eskimo or did you is there some story about you getting an autograph from him and now he's your quarterback what's going on here yeah there's a little bit of a story i've told this a few times but uh yeah, Ricky Ray, when I was in grade four, he won a great cup with my brother, my brother Brock, in his rookie year. So I remember that team, Ricky Ray, Terry Vaughn, Mike Pringle, all those guys, Ed Hervey. I remember all that all that 
that team that went to the Grey Cup that year. Uh, I think that was 2002, if I remember correctly. I might be wrong, but 2002, I think. And, yeah, I got Ricky Ray's autograph when I was in grade four. I, I wish I still had the hat to, to prove it, but I remember first day in camp when I met up with him. I was actually in the elevator. Um, we were in the dorms getting ready for camp, and I get around in the elevator, just me and him, and I told him that story. And I mean, if you knew Ricky, man, a few words, kind of got a funny little humor to him, but he kind of just laughed and, and said, I've been playing for too long, but I mean, he's still doing it, and it's sometimes I have to sit back and realize I'm catching balls from one of the greatest to do it, and you just see his greatness every day, and sometimes I just got to recognize this opportunity instead of, you know, I just want to take time to realize what I'm doing, too, while I'm having fun. All right, that's amazing. So th- thanks for telling those stories and, and opening up about yeah. some of the things you've been through. Well, let's, I should get a couple football questions in here. You guys <laughs> uh, lead the East Division at 7-8. and eight. I- I'm sure you know how the East Division gets crapped on sometimes. And, hey, I'm going to be yeah. honest with you, Jimmy. Sometimes I'm one of the guys that does it. Uh, but nonetheless, yeah. you are in first trying to hold off Ottawa. And you guys do have a... Uh, a couple impressive victories recently, a couple of uh, a close losses. Where do you feel the Argos are at with the playoffs right around the corner? Uh, I think right now we're really starting to realize who because we came in with a new general management and a new coaching staff with Tressman and Jim Pop coming together and making this team. So I think it just took us a little bit of time to get our identity. I think we knew we had um, really good athletes out on the field. Um, we could match up, but I just think you know, with the philosophy and everybody buying into the, you know, what we're doing here in Toronto, I think it just took a few weeks. And I think really, now that we're now that we're starting to figure it out, we're really seeing what we're capable of, and and everybody's buying in, and that's the biggest thing because this is one of the first times I've felt with a team where everybody's on the same page. Everybody really wants that championship because you know you can kind of go through and tell yourself that, but I can just feel that sense of where everybody's everybody's bought in, and you see that the way we practice and prepare. Trustman holds us to a high standard and. And we're all in. So, I mean, we gave up a tough one last week to Saskatchewan here at home. Kind of let one slip out of our hands. But other than that, we we would have got that one. We would have been on a four-game winning streak. And I think with the East and the West, I mean, yeah, obviously the West has had more success. But the East is really picking up. Teams like Hamilton as well and Ottawa when they get the quarterback back. They're competing with the West now. And so, I mean, every week, East or West, whoever you're playing, you got to get wins, especially at this time of year so. We're trying to focus on that, and we got a big opportunity here in Edmonton, and we recognize that Edmonton needs a win as well. It's getting close to playoff football, and everybody's turning it up a little bit, so it's a great opportunity to get a big win. Well, Jimmy, you're a great story. Uh, you know, great to have a, a U of A alum in the CFL. There's certainly some potential for some more guys down the road. Uh, Ed Elnicki, obviously, uh, running back for the yep. Golden Bears, who's got a bright sure. future as well. But uh, you're living it right now. So uh, I, I always say this to my guests because mo- it's mostly Eskimos fans listening. So I won't say anything about this weekend, but all the best uh, the rest of the season after that. Fair enough? <laughs> That's all right. I appreciate that. appreciate you taking the time. Right on. That is Jimmy Ralph. Great story, great interview. Receiver for the Toronto Argos from Raymond, Alberta, former U of A Golden Bear. Inside Sports on Chet. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. Hey, this is pretty cool. For the first time in the 39-year history of Commonwealth Stadium, it will host the Metro Edmonton Athletic Association's High School Football Championship Games, a doubleheader on Friday, November 3rd, with the Miles Conference and the Car Conference, and then the uh, Division Three final, the Gilfillan Conference. That'll be on Wednesday, November 8th. 
Rob Strecker is the head coach of Paul Kane High School. Rob, thanks a lot for coming on. I, I think you just had a game tonight. How did you do? Uh, we, we were fortunate enough to win. Um, yeah, boys played hard, and uh, yeah, we're, we're still first place in our pool, so we're happy about that. This was East Glen you played tonight? It was, yes. Okay. All right, so what's your record on the year now? Uh, we're sitting at 4-1 on one right now. All right, so you guys are doing pretty well. Thanks for coming on tonight, especially after a game. Be- before we talk about the significance of uh, uh, of these championships at Commonwealth and, and some other high school stuff, uh, did, were you not a long-time uh, staffer for the Edmonton Eskimos working with Dwayne, Dwayne Mandrusiak? I was, yes. Uh, yeah, started way back in uh, 1981 as a ball boy for visiting teams. And then... Uh, Dwayne started to uh, give me a little more responsibility, and they started to trust me around there, and they asked me if uh, I'd like to join the Eskimo Club, and, and I did, and kept hanging around, and they just gave me more and more responsibility, and I became uh, Dwayne's second-hand man, and I did that for uh, a number of years, yeah. And then I finally had to get a real job, and I finished <laughs> off my ed degree and became a teacher. All right, so long-time member uh, of the Eskimos. Is there, is there a team or a season that stands out for you during your time with the Eskimos? Oh, wow. There's so many. Uh, I think uh, 93, I, I would say 93 was my favorite year, just because uh, the way the season had started and, and things weren't going well and they are calling for Ronnie's head and, and then... Um, uh, Damon started coming around, and, and then uh, I believe that was the year Calgary. Uh, I think they finished off like fifteen and three, and, and they were like ten and zero at one time. And, and we and we finally beat them at Commonwealth Stadium on that return match. And then uh, we felt that we had their number. And then uh, we went down there for the Western Final, and we played in that blizzard, and uh, and we and we pulled it off. And then we went down there again and uh, and then won the Grey Cup. So I, I would say 93 for sure was my favorite year. Yeah, that was a pretty special year. Damon Allen to Jim Sandusky, the big uh, combination that year. Yeah, huge. Yeah. So uh, you've, you've moved on to, uh, to coach high school football. I mentioned the uh, championship games right. in, the Metro, uh, in the Metro Association, first time ever, are mm-hmm. going to be at Commonwealth Stadium. I, I mean, I, I don't know if these uh, young men need any extra motivation, but that's quite a, a, a carrot to dangle that you can play in the CFL Stadium. Oh, absolutely. It'll be so exciting. It'll be such a thrill for... Uh whatever teams make it into that final. I mean, just the opportunity to play at Commonwealth, like you said, it'd be a dream come true. Tell me a little bit about the, and look, I'm not going to pretend, and I was talking about this a few weeks ago, I actually didn't grow up in Edmonton. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not totally aware of the rival. Like I, I read stuff, like I know some of the schools that are generally good, but during your time in, in high school sports, give me a sense of, of the quality of uh, a, a competition we have in high school football and maybe how many kids we're, we're sending on to, uh, to either youth sports or even the odd kid going to the NCAA. Was it Chuba Hubbard that yeah, uh, Chuba. Went Chuba, to, Hubbard. Chuba Hubbard yeah. went on to NCAA last year? How, how is it doing in terms of kids progressing to another level? Oh, I, I tell you what, there, there is so much talent in, in the Edmonton surrounding area. And... Uh, and actually, in all three leagues, in, in, in uh, you know Div One, Div Two, and Div Three, and and you said it. I mean, there are a number of players that move on, and and uh, and Chuba, and he was something else. I mean, we played against him uh, last year and the year before, and and 
I saw firsthand the guy scored 10 touchdowns in two games against us. I mean, he, he was a special player, and, it, and it's so it's really cool for the boys to know that you know, they played against that guy when you know when they watch him on TV, right? Like probably, I, I believe they're redshirting him this year, but we'll we'll see him next year. And as to your question, yeah, the, the talent level is 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 growing big time. Awesome stuff. Okay, well, thanks for checking in, Rob. We'll have to try to do uh, another segment either with you or on some high school stories as we get closer to these championship games. Uh, thanks for coming on so quickly after finishing coaching a game yourself. This is a great yeah, story. about the horse voice. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of uh, <laughs> yelling across the field. Uh, I, I, yeah, I no, Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Right on. That is Rob Strecker checking in, coach of the 4-1 uh, and one. Paul Kane High School football team. Awesome to have him on the show. It is 7.55. So, uh, yeah, the announcement today, Friday, November 3rd, Division 2 and 1 finals, then Wednesday, November 8th, the Division 3 final for the Metro Edmonton Athletic Association football championship games. That is pretty cool. Final look at the scoreboard here. In the third, the Lightning lead the Penguins 5-3. Florida is up 4-1 on St. Louis. After two, Predators with a 2-1 edge on the Stars. Scoreless in the second period between the Wild and the Blackhawks. Three other games still to come. Oil Kings in Moose Jaw trailing the Warriors 1-0 after the first period. And it's Beaumont's Noah Gregor with the goal there for Moose Jaw. In the fifth, Game 5, Nationals leading the Cubs 4-3. Winner moves on, loser obviously out. 10-10 between the Eagles and the Panthers. Thursday night football, both teams are 4-1. I want to thank our guests tonight. Besides hearing from Rob Strecker, you heard from Argos receiver Jimmy Ralph, Eskimos offensive coordinator Carson Walsh, Veteran NHL forward Chris Kelly also had comments from Matthew Benning, Todd McClellan, and Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I'll have another edition of Inside Sports from 6 to 8. Don't forget about our doubleheader, Eskimos and Oilers, on Saturday. Starts at 3.30 with the Eskimos pregame show. Dave Campbell is the producer of Inside Sports. Patrick Bauer, the studio producer this evening. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks to everybody who texted in as well. Fun show as always. I'll talk to you tomorrow.